Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the STEM Sessions podcast, the UK STEM Career Podcast. You're listening to our second episode in the SCS Railway series. And today I'm joined with quite a few people from the SCS Railways project. So I was wondering if you'd all like to introduce yourself, please. Uh, maybe starting with Peter. Yeah, Peter Osland, uh, Commercial Director for the West Area on uh, the uh, HST project. Yep. Um, hi, I'm Catherine Lees. I am a quantity surveyor on HS2 Mainworks on Area Central. Um, hi, I'm Misty Nicholson. I am a quantity surveyor in the east section for HS2 Mainworks. Um, yeah, hi, I'm Matt Manning. I'm a commercial manager um, on SS Railways yeah, and in Area West. Cool. Good stuff. So it's great to have so many of you here. And um, obviously, we've got a wide range of um, you know people with different job roles here, which is great for us to be able to talk about all sorts of different types of things so the first question that we've got for you is about um you know a commercial team itself so could you tell us a little bit about what does a commercial team do on a construction project like hs2 okay so broad question what does a commercial team do um okay so um some of the things that, that we do um on our commercial team there's there's probably 20 25 people um and we look after and we administer a contract between us and our client um in this instance hs2 we we manage the cost of the work that we complete on their behalf um and we also manage the value that that brings back in for our contract um we have a a, a large number of risks that have a, a chance of happening on this project and we um we're responsible for managing those um and then seeing through the mitigating actions to try and like reduce those risks um and yeah and there's there's these kind of projects there's an awful lot of change so yeah, we have a lot of change that we, we at some point we administer, we manage and we try and re- reduce to, to sort of keep the project running and have as minimal impact to sort of progress and cost um, and quality of the project. I think um, j- just as an absolute oversight, if someone asked you what quantity span was about, it is in the main about contracts. So, um you know, you, you could in, in your own life you'll have a contract with a, a financial firm, you know, and with with the, with your mortgage, etc. So, and there's all terms and conditions around that that we have to administrate. So we're pseudo lawyers in a way, um, and uh, we also, as as Matt intimated there, we deal with cost and value, and therefore the profit. So we are trying to make sure we, we keep the cost to a minimum and challenge those and challenge the issues around the cost and maximise the value that we would get paid from the client and therefore result in profit. You're negotiating, you're problem solving, but in the same day, you're not just problem solving with Excel and the math side. You've got to check the contract and use your other skills to work out what it means and what those numbers mean in terms of the contract so you're constantly doing different activities and exercises and you're looking at change and you're linking it to site kind of you're the person that links the site to the contract to the pricing to the rest of the outside factors that come in so you're kind of like the central person for everyone to come to and make sure I I almost say we're the rule leaders like we're keeping people in the rules of the contract and make sure they're staying in their own gates without going too far out we can't like keeping children in <laughs> and I think there there is just so much team working and problem solving with everything cool that's great stuff and thank you all so much for uh, you know being able to shine a bit of a spotlight as well on what you know quantity surveying actually is and kind of the things that it entails and um yeah i'm picking up that there's quite a lot of um, certain types of skills that um 
you know, are really, really valuable. Obviously, yeah, as you've said, um, being nosy is one of them. Um, but, you know, by the sounds of it, you speak to all sorts of different types of people, as you say, from, you know, your CEOs and kind of your project managers through to kind of, you know, people that are on site and them sorts of things. So I'd imagine that one of the skills that's really, really valuable for someone who wants to pursue quantity surveying um, is that kind of, you know, being able to communicate to different audiences and get that kind of messaging right um, and all of them sorts of things, which, um, you know, is a really, really valuable skill for a lot of job roles. It sounds like it works really well for quantity surveying. Yeah, so you mentioned quite a few, uh, you mentioned quantity surveying is about problem solving quite a lot. So um, could you give an example of what sorts of problems you might be able to solve? Um, so an example of one problem I think that we had actually that came up yesterday is we've got a huge amount of concrete that's going to need to be delivered to site. And it was, uh, we were trying to come up with a solution as to how we were then going to store it on site. And the it basically boiled down to the size of containers that we were going to store this concrete in and that's just an example of it doesn't have to be a huge large-scale issue but it could have cost an additional amount for a certain size of container but would have taken longer so that's when all the teams had to come together and look at okay it might affect program um, but it will be cheaper to do it one way or it will be much more expensive, but it will stay on program one way. And then also considering the health and safety aspect of if you've got smaller amounts and you've got more people crossing across site, do you, is that also going to have an impact? So we all, had, we all had a last minute meeting as to, right, OK, what are we actually going to decide? Because this is urgent and we need to come to a decision altogether. One of the qualities of a QS is, is essentially is like being tenacious. It's like, okay, you send an email, but they don't respond. Okay, so when it's urgent, you follow it up. You follow the phone call. You chase down rabbit holes to try and try and get a solution. Yeah, cool. So that, that yeah, to me, it sounds like very much it's a case of, you know, being as prepared and planned as possible. And very much a good thing and very much a good quality for quantity space um, rather than being reactive. So what gives you a buzz about your job? Should I kick off? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go for so, it. For me... It's going out on site and seeing like when you're at home and you work on everything and you're sat at your computer, it's seeing actually the real life side. And I know I have to go on a site. Yeah, Saturday night. I start at 11 p.m. and I finish at 7 a.m. And it it's great. Like most people would be tired, hungry, especially I would be hungry because I'm obsessed with food. But it actually you're so interested in seeing everything going on it's quite interesting and it's good to see and it does give you enough of a buzz to keep you awake and looking around being like oh my god there's real the fact that real trains are walking over where you're stepping is a bit surreal because you're like oh wow like no not no one can walk off the street and just come onto these tracks so you have to be in our position to do it so it's it's a bit surreal i was just gonna say echoing so what what miss said is that also you're just you're always learning something new and I think especially getting to go out on site it really gives you that real life perspective of what it is that you've been working on there are so many things that I've got out of sight and my goodness it's so much bigger than I thought it was going to be and you can then understand why it cost as much as it did so it really helped put that into perspective as well but then sort of understanding the costs and understanding how things are built gives me so much more confidence in what I'm doing as well and then when I'm talking about what I'm doing, you can actually explain it. And yes, we're not engineers, but we have a good understanding of how things are built. And I honestly, I feel when I did 
this course because we've talked about the fact that it's contractual and there's legal elements of it. I honestly, I feel like I've got about 10 jobs in one and it's just brilliant. So, yeah, so like, like the, the initial buzz I got when I first started doing this was <clears throat> the thrill that like on this project, in like 20 or 30 years, like my kids, they'll come to, to go on this train and I'm going to go like, oh, yeah, I was involved in building this. Okay, yeah, you like like Catherine said, we're not, we're not engineers, but we do it. We are involved, and we do know how it works, and and that's good. But now, for me, it comes down to that. There are times in the week where I think I'm absolutely nailing. I think I'm on top of things, and I think I'm you know I'm doing pretty well. I, I can, I'm in control, and then something changes, and I've got to adapt. So there are some parts of the week and the month that are slow and you've got time for reflection on your team and you can train people and you start to see other people pick up habits that you have with them. And then, yeah, within a couple of hours, it, it can turn to a completely different story. And then it's, you know, you know change gears. Yeah, it is. Cause I work for Pete and he ruins my day on a, on, a, on an <laughs> if not hourly basis, you know, but it has the ability to, to, to change paces and, yeah, and, and it really, the ability to teach people new things whilst being taught new things constantly is a really big draw. The, the whole the continued development piece, so right now I'm doing a separate apprenticeship, I'm about to go and try and start my, like, work for my chartership. Um, I know looking around, there are people the same level as me, people lower down, people higher up, and they all know different things to me. Um, it's a really good environment, a good diverse team to be in. Um, so yeah, problem solving is great, but to actually feel like you achieve something and you accomplish something, Every day, yeah, it's. I feel lucky to be in this role. So, so for me, it's, um, I'm a funny old stick. I, I, I never know how why I landed construction because I was not bothered about it at all, and still not particularly, to be honest. So when people say like Matt said, oh, they love going, I'm mystic going out sight, seeing it, but not really. But uh, <laughs> but what I do love, it, you know, is that day to day to day interaction and and how QSN has grown over the last uh, few decades. Um, and, and being sort of you know, commercial director of a team of 25, 30 people, QSs, I, my bus is definitely seeing these young people develop. Um, you know, we, we talked earlier about what, what a QS should be with regards to contracts and finance. Uh, and those, those personality traits, those things that you learn as a QS, your experiences, uh, your life experiences, helping them grow and, and develop those it is it's brilliant it's absolutely fascinating to watch and, and i love it i love seeing them grow through their careers so that's, that's simply gives my buzz so are there any um, myths or misconceptions about being a quantity sphere that you'd like to break yeah i'll, I'll jump in on that one it's i mean really the phraseology is, is really what what uh, isn't so much what quantity is as we discussed earlier but what it isn't and uh there's a for the older people um there was a uh, Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie sketch years ago about quantity surveyors and it was about counting bricks and it's uh, it's not really about counting bricks anymore. I mean, you know, if you, it, to some extent, sometimes you will go out there and you will measure things on site, but uh, we've talked about it earlier about what it is and uh, yeah, it's so much more than just, it's, a, it's such a shame it's still called quantity surveying to be honest because as, as you can hear from the podcast, it's, it's, it's so far away from that from what it used to be. Oh, yeah. So I remember like when I first used to go to site, which isn't that long ago, but it was all around, right, QS is here, right, careful what you say, don't don't say too much, you're going to cut some costs somewhere. And and it's, it's not about being tight, it's not about cutting costs, it's, it's about value. And, and that's subjective. 
but it's not always about the cheapest product. We do look at whole life costs. We do look at what the client needs and what what we want and how long it's going to last. And, and it builds on Peter's point of it isn't just counting and it isn't just those kind of things that it that misconception says it says it is. It really is more than that. And it, it we're there to add value, and that's our role. That's all of our roles in these projects is to add value to whether it be a better product, to be a quicker product, or a you know a cheaper product. It, it is there. Of course, we do do some things that are comparisons and go, look, we can get this container for cheaper elsewhere. But that's the job. I'd also probably say when I was at school, I used to hate science. I used to think it was awful. I used to, I would have looked at engineering and thought, I'm nowhere near clever enough to do that. Um, and I still ended up in quantity surveying. So I think just don't see engineering maths and like those subjects and think I'm not clever enough for that because you can use so many soft skills to get into quantity surveying it's not just about the engineering side like Peter said there's so many different roles you can take in terms of being a quantity surveyor so I think just don't think oh I have to be really clever to get into this you don't have to be the brightest person to get into anything I think anyway as a general rule but you can apply any knowledge you have to quantity surveying and there's so much in it that you have to learn it doesn't really matter what you know from from before I did a I did a law degree and I still came into quantity surveying and learned everything that I know now so I think you're always going to be learning with it, like Catherine said. So don't see STEM or engineering or think, oh, wow, HS2, when you're applying, I'm not clever enough for that. Because um, I know that's what I would have thought when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I definitely would echo what Miss said is like with science, I don't think I did very well at science at school at all. Um, but maths, when I, when I decided to start pursuing quantity surveying, teachers at school would say oh yeah maths is a good subject you definitely need maths mm. and you don't need to be good at a level maths or even GCSE maths you will never use integration or differentiation or any any of that there is obviously there's an element of being comfortable with numbers because we do deal with costs but you don't have to be good at maths in a school sense you need to be able to look at a number and see okay that number means we're spending a million pounds more this month than we were last month rather than it being a case of what x minus y or anything like that meant um <laughs> meant in school maths i'd say dan just to to summarize and, and there's some fantastic different points there and, and I, I suppose the other one we would say is that it's not about being behind uh, a computer every day. It's about getting out on site and being out and about. But the biggest myth is it's not about quantity and it's not about surveying. So we've all been speaking a bit about kind of your things um, generally, but it'd be great to find out and shine a bit more of a spotlight on your individual stories. So would you mind all telling us a bit about kind of how you got to where you are today? I did a law degree. Um, just because I thought lawyers got paid really well when I was at school. Um, so that's literally why I did a law degree, not going to lie. Um, and it seemed quite interesting. So I did a law degree, finished my law degree, did loads of experience in a courtroom and just thought, I hate this. I did business law, I did family law, I did criminal, I tried everything. Um, but in the end, I just didn't like any of it. I didn't, I thought it was great to watch a case in court, but I didn't like being a part of it or 
knowing the end decision had any part of my work so um was a bit lost and a family friend did quantity surveying and she said why don't you try it it's got the bits of law that you like that contract and the understanding but and negotiations but it's a different way of doing the law so tried quantity surveying was on the grad scheme for two years and then decided I wanted to be a proper quantity surveyor so I did a master's conversion so I went to university and one day a week I'm finishing on May 10th in two months um I've been doing it for two years and one day a week I go to university and then I work four days a week um so I get to learn as well as do my master's alongside oh so yeah that's a really good way of doing it so like when I was at school, um, yeah, it was sort of middle of the pack. I preferred sport over lessons, and but you know, it was I was I was okay at math, but that that was that was fine. And um, after school, I didn't know what to do, so I applied to a couple of unis and got you know got on to do a degree at marketing at Chester. But um, I never went, and I deferred it for a year. Uh, but I went and got some work experience. I went to work in my local pub um, for like nine months, and it was it was a good laugh, and you know, it was a case to reset. But then. I chatted with a few people and, uh, you know, it was this whole thing of QSing got, got suggested and I thought, okay, let's give it a go. So, um, I applied to go and work at Balfour Beatty, um, as, yeah, as, a, as 18, 19 year old. Um, and they agreed to, to do what was, it wasn't called an apprenticeship. Um, but that's essentially what it was. So yeah, I did like Misty, but I did, I did five years. I did four days a week working for Balfour Beatty and one day a week. Yeah. I was at uni. So it's not Trent uni to do there. Yeah. Part time. Uh, just undergrad degree in quantity surveying um yeah and, and i really benefited because I, I wasn't great at academic study solely so the whole the whole piece of like learning something on a on a monday or tuesday and then the rest of the week putting similar things into practice not the same but similar um really benefited me and then i i just i found a passion for it and, and I, an enjoyment and part of this whole process is i enjoy what i do so i really put myself into my job and i, I did okay at uni and, and it, it yeah, I was supported throughout it. So, um, yeah, it suited me and my personality and the way I learn. Um, so, yeah, so how I got into quantity surveying. So I actually did, went the degree that I guess the tra- traditional, not really anymore, but um, the degree route, which at the time was kind of the way that my school was sort of really quite pushing pushing for. But I decided that I wanted to do quantity surveying. I'd been to a careers fair when I was about 15 and I thought about architecture and spoke to someone in architecture who wasn't very passionate about it. So I heard my mum and said, I don't think I want to do this. But then there was someone from the Royal Institute of Charles Surveyor on the next stand and he was so passionate about construction. He was telling me about all the different things, all the different fields that you can go into. He gave me a long list on a piece of paper of all the different fields in construction that you can go into. You can be a charter surveyor in valuation. You can be a charter surveyor in antiques, like all these things. And I sort of came away and thought, oh, but I looked at this list and quantity surveying is the one that I picked out. And that's, that is literally how I found out about quantity surveying. Um, and did a lot of research on degrees and thought, right, well, I better just, better just get some work experience and check that this is actually what I want to do which I would recommend to anyone to get some work experience in it just to kind of gauge whether they feel that this would be sort of the right move for them. And I managed to, I cold call companies. I managed to get two weeks of work experience with Kia and literally went in with the view that, okay, I've got two weeks. 
if I enjoy it, this is the right move. If I don't, I've still got time to sort of change which where where I'm going to go with my life. Because I was, I think I was only 17. I remember practicing driving there with my dad in the car. Um, but and then I went, yes, yeah, so I went the degree route, and then I did my placement year in industry and loved it. I would say I did struggle to settle into university. I went to Nottingham Trent. I absolutely loved it. But I did struggle to settle in at first, but it was the fact that I loved my course so much that really kept me, really kept me there. And then after I finished my undergrad, I then pursued a postgraduate degree in law. So it was quite funny that Missy said what she did is I thought that not only did solicitors get paid a lot, but construction solicitors got paid even more. So that was, and I'd really enjoyed the legal aspects of my degree. So that's kind of the route that I went and towards the end of the two years, sort of realised actually why I went into construction was because I liked the aspect of being on site where you're in a site office, everything is so busy, but at the same time, everyone is so relaxed. It's just, it's quite hard to explain, but and that's when I realized, no, actually, I do really want to go into construction. So and that is how I managed to sort of deviate, but then come come straight back to what I, I guess my gut was telling me that I wanted to do. I just realized we all went to Nottingham Trent. Peter, did you go to Nottingham Trent as well? I think it was then it would have been Polytechnic something or other. <laughs> um, that's rude. Um, <laughs> uh, I went on a stag do there once. <laughs> I think that's probably the, the similar sort of experience then. <laughs> I think what's interesting is hearing, you know, to get the message across, there are so many different routes into quantity surveying. And, uh, you know, I, personally, uh, as, as the older person of the group, I've seen many people, you know, I've seen 30 year olds, 40 year olds come in from different careers, nurses, etc., just coming into quantity surveying at any age. Um, and, uh, you, you know, people start on site as a, say, a secretary or a dot controller and, you know, you go, actually, you've got something about you. Why don't you do QSing? So I think and there are different ways of getting into QSing, whether you can leave school and do the apprentice route, which really effectively is a part time undergrad route. Um, it's a bit of a misnomer, really. It's called apprentices so they can get the money back out of the scheme. Um and, uh, yeah, we talked about the grad routes, et cetera. And then obviously you've got the follow on learning, you know, we talked about the, the legal uh, law degrees people have done, master's conversions. Um, I myself 10 years ago did a, a master's in construction or dispute resolution. So, and so I was talking to someone the other day who was going to do something on fi- finance and investment. So there's so many other tag ons and other sort of leads from quantity surveying as well because it's so diverse and so many people on boards in construction firms. And, uh, and leading construction firms come from the QS background because of our skill sets. So what advice would you give to our young people um, listening to this podcast um, that are considering a um, career in, you know, in a commercial environment in the construction industry or perhaps to those that um, are not and don't think that it's actually for them at the moment? What advice would you give for you know, them to, um, yeah, give, for them to think about? Um, the biggest thing I'd probably say is when you're looking at a job, you look for people like you in the pictures or when you look at those roles, I think put yourself in the picture because actually what will make you fit in more than anything in the role you do go into is just being different and being yourself because no one wants clones. We have two sets of twins in two teams alone. They're not exactly the same. They're completely different. Um, so it's just being yourself and being different. Like, with diversity if you don't see women in that picture put 
put yourself if you're a female put yourself in that picture and make females be in that picture like you make it what you want but also when you're choosing a career think about outside because there's so much focus on your grades and all of this I have volunteered since I was 16 and volunteering has taught me just as much as any of my A-levels or any of my work experience. I've volunteered in kids' homes. I've volunteered in mental health charities. Like, do volunteering and do those things outside your career because it teaches you just as much about yourself. Okay, I would say also just speak to people. Get work, like get work experience. I think is the first that it really gives you a really such a good idea as to what what it can be about, and it can maybe break down the barriers of what you what you or what your teachers or parents have sort of made built into the belief of what construction is actually about. Um, I definitely don't think I would have progressed as far had I not got that work experience initially, because that helps your contacts within the industry, but. I do think speaking to people, get involved with so many different projects. I mean, we're doing, I'm doing this podcast today and speaking to different people that I wouldn't speak to on a daily basis. And then you're forming those relationships with people. And then you see that they've, in a couple of years time, they've moved on to a different project. And it's all about building, building your network so that you can then see, you knew, I might see that oh, Missy's works on possession at Euston and now I've got a bit of possession works and I need a bit of advice on. So I'll just like reach out and drop a message. And it is all about understanding how people have got to where they've got to. I love hearing about people's careers, part, career paths, how they've got, because it is never just a straight line, straight line up. And that is also something like at, when you're choosing your career, you need to like really understand is it's not just going to be a straight path to your end goal you're going to have deviations and they're all going to be learning opportunities again all right so so for me it's a similar sort of theme but if you're thinking about a career in commercial or career in construction just do it just jump in because what what's the worst that can happen Uh, they say that you regret the things you don't do not the things you do do and I guarantee that if you get into construction, what you do in that first year, two years, three years, it is not what you're going to do in 10 years' time. Yeah. Variety of role. If that's what you're looking for, challenges every day, continued learning. If you want to finish the week and, and, and look back and, and see real success and real achievements, then then this is the career. If you're able to apply yourself, you don't have to have an IQ of whatever or grade A, you know, A's all over the shop. And what we haven't said in this podcast is QS, right? Okay. So you need a degree. You need this, you need that. Of course, we have those kind of degrees and chartership that underpins the professional role of a quantity surveyor. Don't get me wrong. But we're talking about proactive, tenacious, organized people who, who want to make a difference and are passionate about their job. That's what we've talked about. Not about, well, you need an A in maths. And you need to have, you know, you need to understand every single letter of every single contract because you don't. Of course, there is training and that there is support. If you want to be part of a team and you want to build projects, this is the type of career where you can get genuine variety in role. I think, I think you've all stolen my thunder, actually, because uh, it's exactly the sort of things I was going to say. I think it, once again, as an older person on this, the... Uh, Catherine, the networking piece, definitely to a younger person, uh, 
as you said, do these things, do all the things that are outside your day-to-day role because obviously it makes you grow as a person, but they, they come back. You, you meet them in the future every time. It, you know, it's talk about it being a small industry and it really is. And uh, once again, let's go back to collaboration. You know, don't don't upset anyone, you know. <laughs> Just always try and turn play fair and um so definitely network and, and get out there and do different things uh matt's point about being a profession it is really key actually um you know we're, we're proud to be qs proud of our profession and uh you know we have the chartership that you can do um and obviously the degree piece so but i think you know those other words used in there if you want to challenge it's not for everyone we have to be honest you know um but if you want to be challenged and and you know wake up every day knowing it's going to be different and and what you thought was going to happen in the day completely didn't at the end of it you know uh, and that's not for everyone but you know if you like that sort of thing you like variety if you want growth you know you can get so much growth and quickly and just to end it quite frankly it gets paid well (laughs) but also be nosy enough to know their favorite coffee or snacks if you do annoy them or you do upset them you can get back on the good side very quickly (laughs) The the old trick yeah. <laughs> well that that's awesome and yeah thank you all so much for you know sharing that and i think you know there's some great bits of advice there for both parties there so if you are thinking about kind of you know um going into construction and going into the commercial um side of it um then yeah just go for it and um you know that there's lots of really good things in there in terms of you know doing the networking try and get some net um some work experience as Catherine said as well and um you know if you're not considering it then or you know you're even ever so slightly considering it but not really sure and you know them sorts of things can still very much apply and um yeah ultimately there's no there's no harm in finding out is there in the end and um you've still got plenty of time as a young person to be able to decide that's not for you and that's equally as important as finding out what is for you and um yeah i think that there, there's some fantastic messages there and thank you all so much for your time today to share your STEM stories and also to um, shine a bit more of a light on what quantity surveyors do. And um, I wish you all the best and good luck with um, all of the problems that you do solve um, and being part of the HS2 project. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, thank you very much. Ooh, ooh.